so good to see all of you here today. It's good to see me here today. So let's get started with this Mission Sunday thing. In Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said, Go and make disciples of all the nations. I'd like for us to just take a minute to reflect on how we as a church are making disciples in several ways. First of all, we're making disciples locally. Parents, as you raise your children and train them at home, you are hopefully making disciples of them. Our Sunday and Wednesday Bible classes, in those, our teachers are making disciples of children and and adult teachers of adults. Our Celebrate Recovery ministry on on, uh, Thursday nights and the landing for teens. We are making disciples as we minister to people who are suffering with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Jeff and those who help with our youth ministry, you are making disciples of our young people. Our coffee shop Bible studies that I know some of you are doing, you're making disciples. Personal Bible studies that some of you are having with friends and loved ones, you're making disciples when you do that. I know just recently Paul Harrington was studying the Bible with a cousin of his. And just this last week, that cousin decided to become a Christian. Praise God for that. You're making disciples. We're also making disciples throughout the entire U.S., uh, the, the best example I can think of that, or one main one, is our Know Your Bible television program. For more than three decades, we have been making disciples by people watching, thousands of people watching that television program, taking our Bible correspondence course that we offer for free, personal one-on-one Bible studies that people have as follow-ups to watching the show. We've had a lot of people come to Christ and become disciples because of that television program. And then there's Alex and Aaron Flood that we'll, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll hear from more about today, but they are making disciples up in, in St. Paul, Minnesota. And then throughout the world, we're making disciples. Jonathan Hannigan down in South America, our Latin American Bible Institute in Mexico, they reach students in Central and South America. The VICs in Scotland and World Christian Broadcasting basically reaches the whole world. I know of some churches that support a whole lot of missionaries, but they give a little bit here and a little bit there. They spread their missions money so thinly that sometimes a missionary will show up uh, to, to visit the church and most people won't even know who they are. Our elders, I'm proud of them for making this decision. They decided a long time ago, we want to support a small number of works, but in a big way so that we can really get to know our missionaries and Support them as well as we can. And I think we're doing a a good job of that. You know, I think most of you know, most of our regular regular budget does not support missions. It doesn't support Know Your Bible. We have special Sundays once a year to tell you about those things and then raise money for those uh, things outside of the regular budget. Of course, we have ongoing commitments that we need to fulfill Uh, to our missionaries, and so we're going to tell you what those commitments are for the next 12 months, but really, we need to hear from you to know if you still support what we're doing uh, with our mission work and want it to continue. Today is our 15th annual Mission Sunday. Last week, I emailed you one of these, and maybe you've uh, picked one up, uh, but I emailed you one of these missions brochures. It's available on Facebook as well. Um, we also have printed copies uh, by each of the doors and in the uh, multi-purpose room for 
the overflow seating. I encourage you to read this brochure and find out more about what our missionaries are doing and what our giving goal is for the next 12 months. You know, our children love learning about missionaries. They can tell you who our missionaries are and where they live. They pray for them. They bring their money to help support them. Uh, The other day, we asked some of our children, uh, what missionary children do? That's an interesting thought, isn't it? We know what their parents do, but what do the missionary children do? And would that be something that our children could do too? So I want you to hear what they had to say in this video. Both the floods and the Vicks have children. What do you think missionary children do? Tell their friends about God and play with them. Spread the world. Mm, go to school with Bibles and then tell all, all of their friends about God in between classes. Mm-hmm. The same thing as their parents. They help them to teach about God. I think missionary children probably can still go to schools and encourage other people if they do not believe in Jesus Christ. Help? Is that something you could do? Why, yes, suppose yes. Yes, I could do it anywhere. I could do it at school. I could even... I could even do it to my friends who come over. Yes. Possibly. Yeah, I could. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I could. I love it. I love hearing from the mouse of babes. I tell you what. uh, uh, To me, the highlight of every Mission Sunday is hearing from our children. You know, as we do every year, and I've already mentioned this, we ask our missionaries to send us videos to update us on their work. Uh, This year, since the Vicks have decided to end their work in Scotland, we thought it might be good for them and really for all of our missionaries to take a look back and tell us and help us review what we have done with them uh, in spreading the good news throughout the world. Just what what, uh, victories has God helped us uh, make in the mission work that we've done together. I want us to start with an update from World Christian Broadcasting. So just a real quick recap. 38 years ago, this ministry built a shortwave radio station in Alaska, and then five years ago, they built another one in Madagascar. And with those two stations, they basically blanket the entire globe with radio programs that have news and music, and that draws people's attention, but then they also share Uh, Christian uh, programming as part of what they do. So let's hear from World Christian Broadcasting. The world is listening. Located right outside of Nashville, Tennessee, World Christian Broadcasting has been spreading the gospel all over the world since 1983 via radio. With one station in Alaska and one in Madagascar, we are using the Earth's most powerful radio signals to broadcast the gospel in seven languages and counting to reach every corner of the Earth so that every ear can hear and every heart can be touched, simply by someone turning on a radio. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. 
Now, in today's world, people feel more connected than ever. We're on our phones constantly, and with the internet and social media, everything feels at our fingertips. But what we don't realize is that millions of people all over the globe are still living in darkness. These people have no access to the internet, to phones, or to computers, but almost everyone has access to radio, with an estimate of over 3 billion radios being used across the planet. WCB provides authentic and culturally relevant programs for today's societies, and it's working. Every day we receive messages from people in India, China, Africa, and so many other places expressing gratitude for us sharing the message, a message they had never heard before. We target these non believers and partner along the work that other missionaries and organizations are doing to ensure that no one is left out of reach. Because the reality is, millions and millions of people are living their lives without hearing the gospel, and it is our purpose to reach them. We have a mission. We have a light in a world living in darkness. And even if they don't know it, these people are awaiting something. They were born to hear the good news. Their hearts are ready to hear the story of Jesus, and we're ready to tell them. The world is listening. I love that ministry. It's so neat to see what they're doing throughout the world and, and making such a big impact. Next ministry I'd like to tell you about, for the past 28 years, we have supported mission work down in Toluca, Mexico. It all started when uh, we, these three missionary families that you see here, this is kind of a old pictures from 1991, uh, these three missionary families planted a church in Toluca and then later started the uh, Latin American Bible Institute. So we supported, Northside supported the family on the left, Jody Jones. And then they, uh, they planted uh, or started the Latin American Bible Institute. Um, ELEB has been one of the most effective tools that we have seen at multiplying the kingdom of God. Through the years, they've established 20 extension schools. They now have students in Central and South America. Um, since the time it was founded, hundreds of students have graduated from ELEB. Now, one way we know it's doing a good job is that 88% of the graduates are actively serving in ministry somewhere in at least 50 different congregations that we know of. And graduates have planted a total of 30 churches. So now let's watch a short video about ELIB. For the past 28 years, Northside has supported the Latin American Bible Institute in Mexico. ELEB has provided crucial Bible training for hundreds of youth and adults, men and women, over the past three decades. This past year, most students have had to study online due to the pandemic, but as a result, ELEB's online technology has been given a much-needed upgrade. ELEB's experienced teachers train students from all over Mexico, as well as other Central and South American countries in subjects such as preaching, mentoring, counseling, spiritual formation, and personal development. ELEB recently lost one of its supporting churches and needs to raise an extra $600 per month. Because they have a proven track record, we've decided to increase our support for them by that amount to ensure this school will be able to continue its important work for the kingdom.
I want to emphasize something that we said in the video there. Um, ELEB has lost some of their support. Uh, they need to raise an additional $600, and they haven't, that's per month, they have not been able to find any other churches to provide that money. So we have decided, because they have such a proven track record, we are going to increase our monthly support for them by that amount. Uh, so I pray, I pray that you will be praying for them and, and that they will have success in what they're doing. Alex Flood grew up in Wichita and became a Christian because there were members of this church who cared about him and shared the gospel with him. And uh, Alex also met his wife, Erin, here uh, several years ago. After he graduated with a Bible degree, Alex and Erin moved to St. Paul, Minnesota. On January 1st, that's a picture, I think, of the first day they were there, January 1st, 2014. And it turned out to be the coldest day of that year. And so poor Alex and Aaron really got a, not a baptism of fire, maybe one of snow. But uh, uh, anyway, let's, let's see what the floods have to share with us this year in their video. Hello, Hello. It's been seven years since we moved to Minnesota. We came because there was no Church of Christ in St. Paul. So we started with just Aaron and I. Through many Bible studies, baptisms, and years of helping people, we now celebrate the church community here at the Lake Phelan Church of Christ. We've had four kids along the way, and now we also have a growing church plant. Come and meet the Lake Phelan Church of Christ. My name is Tara Ellis. What are you? My name is Zane Bangura. And I'm Amrachi Cabo. My name is Bethany, and this is Arlo. And I'm Caden. And I'm Michael. Lee J. My name is Mark Howarder. Maria Howarder. My name is Levi. And I'm DJ. I'm Kate. I'm Kent Davidson. I'm Christy. I'm Cody. And what's your name? My name is Shepard. What's your name? Aaron. Who's this? This is Sawyer. I'm Alex. This is Fisher. Who are you? Evangeline. Two and a half years. Uh, about uh, five years. We've been going to Lake Phelan for over six years now. We've been going to Lake Phelan for four years. Since the beginning, over six years. We've been coming to Lake Phelan for a few months now. Uh, since middle of last year. You're four and a half, Evie. How long have you been at Lake Phelan? Oh, four and a half years. Four and a half, that's right. The people, the love, family. I value the fact that we are kind of like a family and that we come together and help each other and through all our struggles. Basically an extended family. Yeah, the sense of community, that it's like a small family. Um, something I really value is how the community is small and personal. Um, I really value the meals, and I look forward to that on Sundays. Everybody knows each other. What I value most is that people are genuine, and we don't feel like we have to be anything except who we are. I really appreciate how the emphasis on seeking the lost and studying Bible, the Bible with them so they can know God's Word, and then um, helping them wherever they're at to know Christ.
I feel like God is teaching me through the church uh, how to coexist in community and in love and commitment to each other, even when we might have disagreements on given topics. Yeah. I'm learning more patience and understanding. To trust that God knows what he's doing. Obedience. Obedience to the word, obedience to God. For me, faithfulness and how to be humble. Strength, perseverance, patience, um, and just being able to step back and trust Him that He's going to do the work. The value of community, uh, especially with you know COVID, kind of curtailing that so so much. Caring more for others than probably before. What has God been teaching you through the church? Um, about being a good friend. A good oh, friend. That's a good one. What has God been teaching you through the church? Um, helping people. Helping people. We see the Word of God finding good soil in Minnesota. I believe that God is calling the church to draw closer into communion with one another, and there He will join us. Thank you for your support in this work, your encouragement over the years, and your prayers, which make all the difference in the world. Goodbye, Northside! Yeah, seeing people's spiritual growth is definitely my favorite part. You know, tonight I think is the Academy Awards ceremony, and I've nominated Alex Flood as, you know, making a good missionary video uh, I don't know if that's a category yet, but anyway, he did a good job on that. Our next missionary is Jonathan Hannigan in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Last fall, as you know, he asked our elders for help in arranging for a private loan so he could buy a home. And I know you know this too. He uses his apartment really as a powerful evangelistic tool. He hosts all sorts of church gatherings, uh, meals, Bible studies, things like that. And over the years, He has had literally hundreds of people stay in his home anywhere from a few days to a couple of years. Uh, So Jonathan did not ask us to buy a home for him, but our elders did the math, and they realized that if they arranged a private loan for him, it would take him more than 30 years to pay off that loan. So they stepped out in faith, and they asked you to give what you could to help him at least pay for some of that home. And following our elders' lead, you stepped out in faith. And so far, you have given or pledged more than $147,000. With that gift from you and with private no-interest loans from one of our members, from a small Kansas congregation, and from Northside, Jonathan should be able to pay off this new apartment in only about 10 years instead of more than 30 years. Good job, church. Good job. Let's watch Jonathan's video, and then I'll have more information about his new home for you. Buen dia, brothers and sisters. My name is Jonathan Hannigan. I've served as a missionary here in South America since 2006. A year later, you joined me as my stewarding congregation in the States. And this video is a little bit of what we've been doing together for the past 15 years. In the five years I worked in Venezuela, 
I was blessed to see our church grow from 15 to 60 people. I left Caracas because I had completed my work, but I've kept in touch with many of the young people I taught and baptized, and most are still growing in their faith. I've also witnessed and walked with others who have returned to faith after years away from Christ. In 2011, I moved to Argentina, and two years later, we planted a church that met in my home. Four years later, we began sharing a building with another congregation. Thank you for your generous donations that allowed us to renovate that building so we could have classrooms and space for fellowship. Our church recently celebrated its 8th anniversary, and we now have 45 people in regular attendance. One of my greatest blessings has been the opportunity to host people for short and long periods of time in my home. Over the years, I've had hundreds of people stay with me, both Christians and non-Christians. I've also hosted many meals, Bible studies, and devotionals. I'm thankful God made this dream possible through your support. And I appreciate your generosity in helping me buy a home that will ensure I can continue this hospitality ministry long into the future. This is the apartment I plan to buy with your help, and I should be able to move there soon. Once I'm in there, I promise to make another video to show you how I'm using our home to show Christian love and spread the gospel in Buenos Aires. God has truly blessed the work we're doing in South America. In my time here, more than 60 people have been led to Christ. But of course, there are other ways to see what God has been doing here. For instance, this year we're celebrating seven years of our book club that gives me a chance to meet non-Christians and tell them about our faith in Jesus. Just a few weeks ago, I had a conversation about the existence and nature of God with a young person who found our club online. Our ministry has been different during the pandemic, but it hasn't stopped. During the lockdown, I've been able to teach using Zoom in the U.S., the Dominican Republic, Colombia, Bolivia, and Peru without ever leaving my study. In fact, our ministry has actually expanded since our classes and worship services have moved online. During most of the lockdown, we've hosted church members from Peru, Brazil, and Spain every week. We currently have a dozen discipleship groups meeting weekly to study the Gospel of Mark. They share a meal or coffee and read Mark pray together, and encourage one another to walk with Jesus. We are also studying the Bible with several non-Christians. Our benevolence ministry has been very active during the lockdown. Several members are unemployed, and we've helped them pay for rent, utilities, groceries, and doctor visits. Recently, I taught an eight-week course online with a missionary friend in Peru about the mission of God. Over 40 students from many different countries took our classes. I want to thank you again for working with me over the past 15 years to spread the good news in South America. It's truly a joy to see what God is doing through us. As Jonathan said in his video, he hopes to be able to move into his new apartment sometime this summer, maybe as early as June, so we're looking forward to that. As an example of how Jonathan plans to use his home, right after he moves in, he's going to welcome into his home uh, this dad and his daughter, who basically uh, Jonathan has known for a long time uh, from Caracas, Venezuela. This is Chema and his daughter. Uh, They have lived in Argentina for several years now. In fact, Chema and his daughter lived with Jonathan for a while uh, in his current apartment, and now uh, uh, Chema does not. But um, Chema and his daughter have not seen Chema's mom for five years. She's still in Venezuela. But she's planning to immigrate to Argentina 
and Jonathan's going to have all of them live with him for a while because they don't have enough money to rent an apartment. Shame has been unemployed for a while. It's been hard during the pandemic there. So uh, that's just an example of what your contributions have done to allow Jonathan to, to show God's hospitality to those folks. We asked some of our children recently what it might be like to worship in a home like the floods do, like the Vicks did when they started, uh, like Jonathan did when he started. And then we asked them how they think Jonathan might use his new apartment whenever he's able to move into it. Let's hear what they had to say. The flood family, their church family meets in their home. How would that be different than Northside? It doesn't differ because you're still because you're still teaching people about God. There's no difference in in doing it in a small house, a mansion, or a north side. There's no difference because either way you're going to learn about God. Well, their house is definitely way smaller, and they don't have pews or a or like that judge stand. Oh, the podium. Yeah, the podium where Toby speaks. North side is way more bigger, and then their house is a lot more smaller. One person would have to teach uh, kids, and the other person would have to teach the adults. Home doesn't look like North side, and it doesn't have the big screens and ble- and the pews. I wonder why it's called a pew. Because sometimes people puke in it. We helped Mr. Jonathan buy a home for his mission work in Argentina. What do you think he'll do in the new home? Mm. Live in it? Hmm. Watch television? Um, he would teach the people to, to be like God. I think he's going to bring in more people to, like, it's kind of like his own church, but, like, he's going to bring people into his house and um, keep, like, he's going to bring them and, like, teach them about more about God. He's going to invite people in, let them stay, and on Sundays or every couple of days, he's going to, he's going to that night have services and interact with them. I think he will probably, uh, it will, the new home will allow more guests to be able to come to his house and uh, it, um, they'll be able to invite more people in. He will bring people together like a church and talk to them about God. Ah, uh, Bible studies and small groups. Yeah. Um, uh, have. People come into his home so he can teach them about God. He might make it like a place to have people in lines at his door, and then he can teach them one by one. Oh, or maybe it'll be big enough for everybody to come in. Yeah, and then he can teach them all at once and have like a small group. Teach people about God. Never stop teaching about God and never stop showing his kindness. Good job. Good job, kids. 
As I've already mentioned, Robin and Chrissy Vick have come to the difficult decision that it's time for them to return to the States. So let's watch their video at this time, and then I'll have more to share with you about their plans. Morning, guys. We hope and pray that this video is an encouragement and a blessing to you when you think about your involvement and your partnership with us with our work here in Scotland. We're thankful for the different messages that we've had uh, over the last week or so from our last video with our family update that we sent through to you. Uh, and with regards to that, it's hard for us, you know, with looking at this video, thinking about uh, 11 years of service and how to condense that into three minutes. And so ultimately what I, what I hope and pray is that as you watch this video, you'll, you'll see a snapshot, and it is just a snapshot of these last number of years for us, uh, and that you'll remember that every picture is a, is a person, and it's a, and a soul, um, and it's a life that has been touched all through your partnership with us. So we pray that this morning you'll be blessed and encouraged by that. So in the meantime, sit back and let's have a chance to be encouraged as we as we look at the work here in Scotland and the different lives that have guys uh, very shortly look forward to seeing you guys this summer thank you so much for your love your care and your support for us and our work here in scotland we hope this has been an encouragement to you god bless love you love Bye. you
imagine how hard it must be for the Vicks to leave Scotland? That, I mean, that's, that's where their heart is. That's where they've poured 11 years of their lives uh, into planting that church and growing it. You know, one thing I think that uh, is making this move a little easier on them, although it's not easy, but uh, I think it gives them comfort to know that there are a number of strong leaders that they're leaving behind in that church and a lot of faithful members. There's actually a, a retired missionary couple that are members there now. Uh, there's a, a guy there that uh, has a master's degree in theology. So they, they have some strong members, and, uh, uh, you know, it's still going to be tough, though. Uh, you might be asking yourself, what comes next for the Vicks? Uh, so let me just inform you real quick. They're going to move to North Carolina in mid-June, and after they get settled in, they're going to come to Wichita and spend a couple of weeks with us. They'll be here on two separate Sundays, July 4th and July 18th. Now, halfway through the, the two weeks that they'll be with us, they're going to go to a week-long re-entry retreat in Joplin, Missouri. I, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but re-entry for missionaries is actually harder than the culture shock that they face when they move into a country. You wouldn't think that, would you? But it is. Uh, and just think about Millie and Murray. They were born in Scotland. They are Scottish children. Now, they, they are also American citizens, but they don't know all the little subtle things about the way Americans do things. They may think they do, but when they get here, it's going to be tough on them. Um, you know, during the time that we have uh, with them here in July, we're going to have a number of opportunities to review what God has done uh, through us together with them, um, and, and they're also going to spend some time with other supporting congregations this summer. The Vicks have devoted, think about this, they've devoted more than a dozen years of their life to training, to forming a team, to moving to Scotland, planning a church, and helping it mature. And, I, you know, the Bible clearly teaches that people who work full-time uh, spreading the gospel and in ministry are worthy of our support. So we feel like we owe it to the Vicks to continue supporting them for just a little while after they return to allow them time to settle in and make plans for what comes next. So our missions budget this year is going to call for us to provide nine months of support for them after their furlough was done this summer. And uh, I know you will agree with us that that's an important thing, to give them time to just acclimate to life here and get all settled in, get the kids in school and things like that. Now, the Vicks are going to be worshiping uh, and living in North Carolina. They're going to be uh, at a church where Chrissy's dad is an elder. And this church would like to hire Robin to be a minister. There's two positions that are coming open. Uh, they have a church plant they're going to be doing, and they also have an associate minister job that's going to be open. Both of those will start sometime in August of 2022. So um, our support for them uh, won't go up quite that long, but uh, that's what their plans are uh, coming up. So I'm also sure a lot of you are asking, what's next for us, too, after we stop support of the Vicks? Good question. Uh, we are going to be supporting them through April of next year. And during that time, we're going to be uh, looking for a new mission work to support. The missions oversight team and the elders will be working together on that. You know, every year the children in our five-year-old through fourth grade classes bring money for one of their, our missionaries. And on Mission Sunday, uh, they come down to the front, as they're doing right now, and uh, put it in a little box 
So uh, then we send that money to a missionary. This past 12 months, they didn't really have much of a chance to do that until their classes started up just a month ago. But we still want to have the kids come up. Uh, we've, we've got, I think, two from each one of the classes and present the money uh, that they have contributed. For the past few years, we've been sending that money to Alex and Aaron Flood. And I asked Alex, how did you guys use this money that, uh, that we brought for you? And they said they, they bought food for church members in need. They purchased a Bible for Tara here that uh, was just baptized in January. They helped some unemployed members. They helped Zane, one of their members, fix up her car. And, you know, do you remember that Jesus praised the widow who was only able to give a couple of pennies? I'm sure he's proud of what our children have done during this very difficult year. When, when we counted all of their uh, offerings, it came to $154. That's pretty good during a pandemic year, I would say. All right. Thank you, children, and, and all of you uh, who contributed uh, this year. If you've looked at the Mission Sunday brochure, you know that our giving total for the next 12 months is $164,392, our giving goal, I should say. That's what we need to, to keep supporting our missionaries. And you know, it really helps us if you will tell us how much you plan to give to missions during the next 12 months. So I'm going to take just a minute and tell you how to do that. If you're set up in Realm, our church database, we would really like for you to submit your pledge there. If you prefer to get into Realm on a computer, you can go to onrealm.org. And then once you're in Realm, click on the giving uh, button on the left, and uh, then click the pledge tab, and then fill out the pledge that you'll see on this screen. Fill in the amount to be pledged, the frequency that you plan to give that amount, the date you're starting your pledge, the date you'll end it, and then make sure that that total right there adds up to what you really plan to give for the year, and then click Save Pledge. Some of you prefer to use the Realm Connect app on a smartphone. I'm going to show you how to do it on an iPhone. Uh, it's a little bit different on an Android. So first of all, you click on the Giving icon at the bottom, then click the Pledges button at the top, then click Make a Pledge, and then uh, fill out the pledge, the same as you do on a computer. You fill out the amount you're going to give, how often you'll give that amount, the date to start the pledge, the date to end it, confirm the amount that you're going to give for the year, and then click Save Pledge. Now, if you have any problems, I invite you to call me or the church office, and we can help you with that. And, of course, you can always use the old-school paper form that's inside of the printed brochures. And if you do it, uh, your pledge that way, there's a table in the foyer, in the middle of the foyer, with a box where we're collecting those forms. Whoops, I think I went too quick there. No, I didn't. All right, as we wrap up this morning, I think it would be good to hear one more time from our children this time they're going to share their ideas about where the best place is to do mission work. And then they're going to take a guess at how much money our missionaries need. Where's the best place to be a missionary? Anywhere. Why do you say that? Because lots of people have good missionary jobs like... Alex Flood, and all those other guys. Well, I guess anywhere. 
Why? I mean, like, you could always, you could always spread the word of God anywhere. Everywhere. Why? Because missionaries spread the word of God. With people who don't have Bibles, because they might not know about God, because they don't have Bibles. Probably wherever you live, so that um, people know you. Kansas, because we don't have many missionaries here. Mexico, because sometimes they worship the dead. I think the best place to be a missionary would be where homeless people are because you could give them Bibles and resources that could help them um, go to God. In our neighborhood? Well, you could be a missionary at school. You could be a missionary anywhere because in order to be a missionary, you don't have to go out of the country. You just have to teach people about God who don't know. How much money do you think a missionary needs? Um, a thousand dollars. Just enough to make sure that they have food, um, a place to stay, and just all this stuff that they need, and to help other people. Um, I'm not quite sure, but I just think that whoever can, like, help them so people like who love God and try to bring money for people I think they'll take as much as they need five five what coins. five coins okay oh I think, I think Solomon Harrington understands the need for sacrificial giving to missions, and I hope you understand that need as well. You know, the idea of sharing the good news about God is not a new concept. There are several passages in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that talk about the importance of spreading the word. Uh, from Psalm 96, verse 3, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works, among all the peoples. Psalm 105, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. And from the New Testament, John 17, 18, Jesus told the Father, As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And then a very well-known passage that Paul wrote in Romans chapter 10. He said, But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. And you know, it's not just the messengers, our missionaries, who are needing uh, uh, who are needed to bring the good news to other places in the world. God tells us in this passage here that the senders are also a key part of that plan. I want you all to pray that God will help you to be a sender. And let me ask you a question. Have you ever called on the name of God to be saved? I know most of you probably have, but maybe some of you haven't. Paul talked about that in this passage in Romans. Have you obeyed him? 
Have you been baptized so your sins could be forgiven? If you haven't, but you're ready to put on Christ in baptism, some of our elders will be at the back of the auditorium this morning as we sing an invitation song in just a moment. Or do you need prayers of the church? Our shepherds are ready to talk with you and pray with you, either privately or publicly. If you have any need at all, I encourage you to come forward now, or come to the back now as we stand and sing.